Foster here, and welcome to the Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. I am the creator of the Big Brand Formula and president of Jerry Foster Branding, where we specialize in working with service-based entrepreneurs who want to create a big brand and a strong message that sells so you can excite, delight, and ignite your market and make it easier to get clients. So, Please stick around to the end of the show, and we will share how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes or so. In the meantime, let's go. Hello, Jerry Foster here, the big branding guy, also known as the Branding Evangelist, and welcome to the Brand Ford Leadership Podcast. Every now and then I connect with someone and as soon as I connect with that person, there's that, ooh, that vibration. And that is what it was for me with this special guest today. I'm going to simply call him Mike. So I don't <laughs> mispronounce his last name. Mike, welcome to the show. Tell everybody what your last name is and what your company does. Yeah, Jerry, my name is, last name is Jezoshek, and, and you wouldn't be the first person to mess it up, so, so don't worry about that. Uh, but yeah, well, what I do is I run a, a, a podcast, Small Business Tax Savings Podcast, and uh, really what our mission is, is to just help small business owners understand that the tax saving strategies that are available to them. You know, we always say, so many people think tax planning, tax strategies are for the rich and, and the ultra net worth. And and ultimately, we always say a lot of strategies that millionaires are using are the same ones that you can use at $5,000 of, of, of profit a year. So uh, that's just kind of been my mission is like, let's bring out this idea of tax savings and let every small business owner know what's available to them. Oh, my goodness. Now, does that apply to when you say small business owner? the sole proprietor to the LLC, someone who's incorporated themselves. Who yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we, we talk about when we look at tax plan, there's a lot of different angles and areas that we look at it And one of my favorite ones is just this idea of, of maximizing deductions. And you're probably hearing that and you're thinking, well, that means my accountant tells me to go buy a truck that I don't need or go buy equipment or a new computer okay. or something like that. But, you know, when we talk about maximizing deductions, it's it's one of the most underutilized areas in, in tax planning. And it's just this idea of moving money from typical after-tax dollars into pre-tax dollars. And so a lot of people say, well, what does that mean? I, I, the best example I can say is after-tax dollars is basically just money that's already been taxed that you go and do spending on. So think of it like if you're a W-2 worker, you have your gross wages and then you have all these taxes taken out. And whatever is left over is your, your take-home. And if you do any spending with your take-home money, that money's already been taxed. Whereas a business owner, we have sales or revenue, and we have all these expenses that go into it. And then whatever is left over is what we get taxed on. And so we always think about when we look at tax planning, we're thinking about how can we find a business purpose to the spending that we're doing anyways? So instead of using after-tax dollars, money that's already been taxed to do the spending, can we find a business purpose for it? and move it into pre-tax spending. And so that's kind of the, the general idea. And we talk about a lot of different strategies just with that concept in mind. But the purpose, the biggest thing too, is just first understanding that concept of after-tax versus pre-tax. And then you can get out into all different strategies on you know what does that mean and how does that you know play out in reality? I like what you're saying here because as a small business owner myself for 30 plus years, 
when I think uh, tax savings, pre-tax, after tax and all of that stuff. By the way, I, I hated accounting when I was in college. <laughs> and <laughs> you, you and I were joking earlier. I went to USC undergrad and grad school and I graduated with honors. However, I always did poorly in accounting. So this topic is like for me. However, I do appreciate what you're saying because as an owner, I think about Schedule C. I think about, okay, here are your deductions, but you're going beyond simply Schedule C deductions, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's all wrapped into that. And, you know, when we look at, you know, how are you set up and doing an S corporation and LLC S corp, you know, those are all different options there, but yeah, it's taking those schedule C deductions. Let's look at meal expenses as an example. I'll sit down with a client and I'll look at his books and there'll be no meals expenses. you, You didn't, you didn't meet with anybody. You didn't go out to dinner with a friend who might be a client and and you're talking business. You didn't go to dinner with your spouse and you were talking about your business growth. You didn't have an annual meeting to talk about your business. And like, well, yeah, I did all that stuff. I was like, well, why aren't those items in there? Instead, right now, those items are sitting in your personal account and you're using after money that's already been taxed to go on those meals. But if we do that mindset shift and think about, wait, 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 there's a, there's a lot more stuff that we do in our everyday life that's related to our business. How do we wrap that into it? And so that's kind of this idea too. Even, you know, another another one that we love to talk about is, is hiring your kids. You, you, everybody is supporting their kids in some way or another. They might be sending them to basketball camps or baseball camps or providing them, you know, having them go to an amusement park with their friends. That's all typically money that you're doing with money that's already been taxed. But is there a way, is there something that your child could be doing within your business? Social media, cleaning, different things within your business. Now we're getting a business deduction. Children potentially pay no income taxes on it. And we're just shifting that support that we would have gave for those basketball camps and extracurricular activities. Now, instead of paying with it after tax dollars, we're getting a business deduction for it. And then they're going and paying for those things on their end or, you know, whatever we might want to do there. So that's just kind of the concept. These are all expenses that were already in, already out there, but it's just that changing that, that, that mode of thinking to think, is there a business purpose for this? Or can I find a business purpose for this? and move it out of my personal account and bring it into my business side. That's really great because I'll give you another example. I work with a lot of mom and pop businesses for lack of a better word. And let's say you have the husband, right? Whose wife works in the business and they're together as a team and she's getting paid a salary. However, they're a husband and wife. Can her salary be deducted? Absolutely. But, you know, I, I would I'd kind of counter that and say, if you have a family, a husband and wife that are working in a business, traditionally, we would say we, we probably don't want both of them to be on salary. And, and let's assume that you're doing an S corporation, as an example. If you're doing an S corporation, as an owner, you'd have to have a reasonable salary for the owner. But let's say, you know, it's a, the husband or the wife, one or the other owns it 100%. People always say, well, should I hire my spouse in it if they're not an owner? And I would always say, well, it depends. Traditionally, we would say, no, let's not do that because now we're paying self-employment taxes and Social Security and Medicare to hire that spouse, where if you just take it as an owner's draw, we're avoiding that. But there's two caveats where we say, here's where hiring a spouse often makes sense in your business. One, if you're looking to fund a retirement account, by having a spouse that has payroll, you're able to fund much more into a retirement account. So if you're really looking to max out retirement, 
hiring a spouse is a great option for that. The second option is if you have high medical costs, let's say you have a medical condition or a child with medical condition or whatever it might be, where your medical costs are really expensive. You know, and this is over and above health insurance. This is out-of-pocket medical costs. There's a way if we hire your spouse that we can get those medical costs as a business seduction and consider that that pay for your spouse. So traditionally, when, when someone says, should I hire my spouse in my business? I'm going to say, most of the times, no. But are you looking to really maximize retirement? We might want to hire the spouse. Are you? Do you have high medical costs? If so, then we may want to hire the spouse and and see what that looks like. See, see, that's an interesting word, hire, because in my experience, you have a lot. Here's a typical situation: husband and wife. Wife performs a task. She wants to be paid for her activity and for what she does. But she's, I don't know if she's. You would use the word that she's been hired. She's like, hey, pay me. <laughs> Okay, because I play a role in the business. So yeah. how do you maximize tax savings in that situation? Let's say they're a sole proprietorship. Should they maybe instead become an LLC or some other kind of corporate entity? What are, what are your thoughts on that dynamic? Because that's very prevalent. Yeah. So I always say, you know, and it really depends on what type of business is this going to become and what does your profit look like? Mm-hmm. You know, traditionally we say if you're making $50,000 or more, in profit, and that's revenue minus expenses. We, yeah. you know, whatever's left over, bottom line profit. If you're making fifty thousand dollars or more, traditionally, we're going to recommend you be set up as an S corporation. Now, an S corporation is simply a tax election. It's not an entity set up. It's just a tax election at the federal level. So, in order to be an S corporation, you have to have an LLC or a corporation set up. And so traditionally, when we're talking to clients, we always say, let's build this foundation first. You know, you might not be at fifty thousand today. But do you plan to be there? Do you hope to be there within the next one, two, three years? If so, let's probably start that LLC today so that when it makes sense to elect S-Corp status, you're already set up. Because what we've seen a lot is someone comes in as a sole proprietorship and they're like, yeah, I don't want to be an LLC. I don't want to deal with that. So they start as a sole proprietorship and all of a sudden they have a monster year. Profits, $100,000, $150,000, which is great, but they're getting hit with self-employment taxes on all of that. And so they come and say, how can I help avoid some of the self-employment tax? Right. Like, well, let's do an S corporation. But there's one problem. They're a sole proprietorship. And so we can't do an S corporation with a sole proprietorship. So in order to change that, they now need to start an LLC. And then we can do an S corporation. But anything that happened prior to that LLC being started, there's nothing that we can do on the S corp side with that. Of course, there's other tax strategies and everything else. But from an S corp standpoint, there's nothing we can do prior to them starting that LLC. So I always say, you know, where where are you planning to take this? Do you think you're going to be at that $50,000 or more mark within the near future? Let's start an LLC just in case something takes off. And then we have that ability to do an S corporation. Now you're in California. So this idea of an LLC starts to be a little bit more painful because you have an annual fee that's $800 a, a year that that is traditionally you don't see on, you know, other states, you don't normally have an annual fee or tax that's that high. So you do have to plan that into it and say, okay, you know, does the LLC make sense, you know, to, to do it two years ahead of time, just so that we're ready when we're paying that $800? Maybe not. Maybe we stay a sole proprietorship a little bit longer, but just know that, hey, when it comes time and that business is starting to churn, we probably want to look at an LLC that we can eventually elect S-Corp status with. So when your business gets to that growth point, you're ready. You're, it's an easy form filing to, to do that tax election. Now, you're based in Wisconsin. Can you help 
do that for someone who's in California, like you just said, or any other state? How does that work for you? Oh, yeah, yeah. We work with clients all across the country. Okay. Uh, our team, our, we re really run a remote environment. So all of our team members are kind of scattered across the country. And, um, you know, we're, we're actually headquartered in Florida. That's where our managing partner of our, our back end of our podcast, we have a full service accounting firm. And so much of our team is down in Florida. So we're scattered all around and, and really help clients wherever they may be. Now, this is a branding podcast, and it's all about brand forward leadership, how to show that you are shoulders above the rest of the crowd and not run of the mill. What do you do that's different from others in your industry? How do you brand yourself as being distinct? Yeah, I think I think one thing that we did early on was was related to our small business tax savings podcast. I've been I've started the firm back in 2012, so going on about 10 years of being a firm owner, and a podcast only been around for the past four years. But until then, I was doing you know doing that accounting work, bookkeeping, taxes, payroll, all those types of items. And what eventually happened is someone on our team said we're doing some social media stuff, we're putting up videos on on YouTube and things like that. And they said, why don't we try? taking some of those YouTube videos and putting them on a podcast. Oh. And I was like, well, I don't listen to podcasts and I don't know much about it, but let's try it. So we, we put two on there, said it, never did anything with it. And six months later, someone reached out to us and said, Hey, I saw, I was listening to your podcast. Would love to learn about working with you. And I, I kind of sat back. I'm like, what podcast are you referring to? I don't, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And things started to click. We're like, Oh yeah, yeah. We did that podcast. And that was our indicator that, Hey, I think it's time to do these more regularly. So now we do them every week, been doing it for about four years on a weekly basis. But we've used our podcast really to build our brand. And, and, and wow. we've used it in many different ways. Um, a lot of times what we do on our podcast is helpful for our current clients. You know, hiring our kids, we've talked about that before. Someone comes and hits me up and says, hey, a client hits me up and says, how do I hire my kids? I say, well, check out this podcast. And then book a time on my calendar. Let's go through it. By the time they're talking to me, they already know a bulk of what we could have talked about on a conversation that could have took a half an hour. They already know that prior to coming to our conversation. So that's it's very useful internally in that podcast. The second piece is, you know, people are listening to it and they start to have that know, like, and trust simply because they're listening to you week after week after week. And by the time you talk to them, they're like, hey, I, I know you. Never talked to you personally one-on-one, -on -one, but I already know you. I, I know your style. I know what you what you do on for tax planning size. And so when you're having those conversations, it just makes it so much easier to connect with people because even though you've never talked to them, they feel like you're a friend of theirs because they've been listening to you for one year, two years, three, maybe four years. They've already been listening to you and hearing everything you have to say. So it kind of builds that credibility from just having that consistent, constant content that you're putting out. Now, tell me about your corporate structure. Are you the owner? You mentioned a managing partner or how, what's your structure? Yeah. So right now we have a, a kind of three different parts of our business. We have our, our podcast. We have a training program that kind of is a do-it-yourself training program. We teach tax strategies. Those two are kind of mirrored together because they're they're both kind of a do-it-yourself. If, if you're looking to do it yourself, you're going to listen to a podcast and you're going to listen to or join a program where we teach you everything on how to do it. And then on the back end of all of that, we have our full service accounting firm. So people that say, love what you're saying here. 
but I want some, I want someone to do it for me. That's where our full service accounting firm is. So most of my time and attention is on our, our brand awareness. Uh, we call myself a brand ambassador to our company, but most of my time is on the, the podcast and our tax minimization program. And then our managing partner, Israel, who's a partner of ours, is manages basically the day-to-day of that, that accounting firm that's on the back end and kind of the machine that runs everything there. What would you say bugs you the most about your industry? Do you find that a lot of small business owners, so we'll just focus on that target audience for now, are getting outdated advice, the wrong advice? I mean, how? because navigating this whole maze called, called tax savings can be so overwhelming for people. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, th- I think the thing that, that that frustrates me the most is that accountants all know this type of stuff in, in general. Accountants know these tax strategies, but there's a couple problems with it. One, they're afraid to 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 bring it up to clients because it might create more work for them and they might not charge for that work. Uh, as accountants, we oftentimes are very reluctant to to be able to charge for a lot of the work that we do. So we'll be doing all this work for our client and we just be like, well, that's something we should do for our client. We don't charge for it. And so the downfall, that's great because clients are getting really good value sometimes out of their accountant that doesn't cost that much. But the downside to that is that the accountant's afraid to bring some things to the table because they're like, I'm afraid to charge for it and it's going to take a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So so that is one thing that, you know, uh, small business owners just are not being made aware of the tax strategies that are available out there for whatever reason that might be. Um, you know, from more of an internal standpoint, I, th- I think one problem that I see with just the accounts in general is that we're, we're very territorial. Uh, we look at every other accountant as a competition. Mm-hmm. And so my goal always has been in my career is that there is so much business out there. There is so many different businesses out there that I'm not worried about competing with the guy next to me or the guy across the country or anything like that. Instead, I look at his accounts and say, hey, let's band together. Let's collaborate together. What's working for you? What's not? What's working for me? And and let's share these ideas and work together. And it's just a whole different mindset of saying, you're not competition. Technically, they are competition, but there's plenty of businesses out there that we're not competing against one person. You know, a lot of times it comes down to not who is the better accountant, but who just jives better with that client. Someone like might like my personality a lot better than others. Other people might say, I don't like Mike's personality at all. And I'm going to go work with this other guy because we really connect. And so that's kind of the idea of, of that competition. I feel comes in different parts of just being geographically located next to each other or something like that. So that's really great because that opens up an opportunity for the sole proprietorship or the small business owner in California who says, hey, Mike, I love how you think. I've heard your podcast. Could you set up my, let's go back to your previous example. Can you set up my LLC, do the S Corp, and then provide tax saving strategies? However, you can mesh with my current CPA and it can keep doing my tax preparation. Is that a possibility or do you really want it all? Yeah, no, I mean, we, we always say we'll, we'll come in and help wherever needed for as much or as, as little. So there's a lot of clients where we just do bookkeeping for. There's a lot of clients that listen to our podcast and go through our tax minimization program and just take that information and go to their accountant and say, let's implement this. Yeah. We even have clients where all we do is a tax plan. They'll come to us and say, I have a tax issue. My current accountant, I love them. I've been working with them for 30 years, but they're just not helping me on the tax planning side. Can we put a tax plan together that I can start to implement? You'll help me implement, but I'm still going to go work with this accountant that I've been working with for 30 years. And we're like, absolutely. You know, we'll, we'll work with you on that. 
if your accountant has questions and things we're implementing or anything like that, we'll work with them to make sure that they're, they're, they're clear on everything there. So that's kind of a unique atmosphere when you look at it this way is that, Hey, you know, whatever issue you might have, whatever issue you might need, we'll take, it doesn't need to be all, it doesn't, it can be everything. It doesn't need to be essentially. Oh my God. You are a breath of fresh air. Ugh. You know, another pet peeve of mine when it comes to a lot of CPAs and it's sort of like with insurance agents, you never hear from them. The only time you hear from them is when they are ready to do your, your taxes. Just like the insurance agent, you never, this is what people say, you never hear from them until it's time to renew your policy. What mm -hmm. I like about what you're saying, though, is you're saying, hey, we take the initiative to serve you within a spirit of cooperation and not competition. I like that. And so you're saying to these owners and others out there, listen, this is about coming together as a team. We can do this, that, and the other. And you're putting that out there, whereas these other big CPA firms or even, a, even the solo guys, they're just sort of, you know, mechanically doing what they do, right? Yeah. And I, and I would say, you know, just to kind of add to that point, when I first started my firm, I didn't do anything tax-wise. Okay. And so I would partner with other tax professionals to handle the tax side. Okay. And I started to get to this point on this tax planning side, and I got to it to myself of saying, okay, how do I lower my tax bill? I'm starting to get a, 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 a taste of taxes that I don't really like. So how can I lower my tax bill? Yeah. And every time I would talk to some accountants, they would say, well, it depends. You know, how do I hire my kids? It depends. Mm -hmm. And it just, the conversation ended there. And I got frustrated with that. And so that was kind of my idea with the podcast and coming out with some of this great content is saying, I understand it depends. And that's your typical accountant and your typical lawyer answer to anything that pops up. And I know it depends, but for 90% of the situations out there, it really doesn't depend. For 90% of the situations out there, here is kind of what the strategy that you need to know. And so what I always say is, let's get that 90% out there. Let's get that information out there for the 90%, then take it to your accountant and say, hey, does this, does this relate to me? Does this make sense in the way my business is set up or how I run my life, whatever it might be, does this make sense? But that to me is a much better answer than saying, it depends, now go figure it out on your own. And so that was kind of my ambition and goal of, saying, I was struggling with that and I, our clients were struggling with that. So how do we resolve that? And it's at least getting content, at least getting direction out there. I still recommend everybody talks to their advisor about any piece of information that you read from a podcast, an article, whatever it might be. It might relate to you. It might perfectly relate to you, but I'd still always say, you know, talk to your advisor to make sure it makes sense in your specific situation. So I'm, I'm curious, how do you how do you grow your firm? Okay, you're you're an independent CPA. I know you got this connection, this affiliation, and all of that. You've got your podcast. You get word of mouth referrals. How do you grow your company? What do you do to get more clients? Yeah, my my background is in online marketing. So prior to starting the accounting firm ten years ago, what I did was online marketing, and, and more specifically, kind of a niche area of online marketing called uh, affiliate marketing. So my brain is always kind of thinking in that way, and we throw so many things at the wall to kind of see what sticks. Okay. We've done Facebook ads, Google ads, you yeah. know, all sorts of, of different things. And, and what we found sticks the most is just providing a ton of value and a ton of content that get people to really dig into you and find the, the resources valuable. And so that's where the podcast has been a great source for us. There's a lot of people that take our content, go and do their own thing. Hmm. Totally fine. But there's so many people that listen to it and be like, man, I know how from listening to one podcast or listening to one of your blogs, I know how to hire my kids in my business. That to me is enough trust to give you there. So 
I, I started out with a question, a book called They Ask, You Answer. And it's just simply this concept of answering client questions to in depth in a public area. Don't be afraid to give away too much because people will start to gain trust in things that they can get the answer from. And I always kind of give this example. Let's say you wanted to hire your kids in your business and you go to one podcast that says, yeah, you can hire your kids. It works great. You get a business deduction. They potentially pay no income taxes and every business should do it. And that's the message you get from it. Okay. As a business owner, I'm stuck because I'm like, that sounds awesome, but what do I do now? I have to contact this person, do a sales call, everything else. Where if you go to the next blog post or next blog podcast and they say, you know, Hiring your kids is great. All everything that just they just said, but then they say, okay, here are the things you need to make sure of. You know, make sure that they're seven years or older. Make sure you're documenting what they're doing for a reasonable rate and all everything else. Now I walk away from that and I'm like, I can probably implement this myself. I may do a little bit of research here or there on different things, but I can probably implement this this myself. If I'm the business owner, I'm going to want to work with somebody that basically gave me the key versus somebody that is just giving me kind of little golden nuggets, but I'm not able to take anything away from it. And that's always just kind of been my mindset. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but that's just those things that we kind of throw at the wall and say, does this stick? Are people resonating with that? Does that make sense? I love this. So if people wanted to see your episodes and tune into your podcast or read some of your blogs or access that content that you have, how can how can they find it? What's your website? What platforms are you on so people can just grab this great content that you have? Yeah, you can find us on any podcasting platform. Just search in Small Business Tax Savings Podcast. Otherwise, our website has everything too, taxsavingspodcast.com. Okay. And there, there's the podcast. And we have a learning center, which has all of our blog posts. Basically, we do a weekly episode with every podcast episode we do, we pair it with a blog post. So whether someone likes to read or listen, they have both options there. So taxsavingspodcast.com is, is probably the easiest place to find us. So are your podcast primarily you interviewing people or delivering content? What kind of podcast do you do? Yeah, our podcast is about 70% just solo, myself, going through a tax strategy or accounting strategy or whatever it might be. Okay. And then 30% of the time, we're going to bring on an expert. And traditionally, we're still talking about either a tax strategy or just a business growth concept. Okay. They're coming on and we're going to deep dive into something that maybe I'm not as as as, as familiar with they're going to bring some of those insights to to the table as well. So it's about 70% solo, 30% with a guest that's bringing or talking about some type of topic that's either a tax strategy or relevant to business owners of, of some sort. And then you create a blog around the content of either one, correct? Yep, exactly. Yeah, so that blog post kind of is a not necessarily a direct mirror, but very similar to the content you're going to get on the podcast is very similar to the blog. So a lot of times, you know, I always say, if, if you prefer to read, go to the blog. If you prefer to listen, go to the podcast. It also is a great uh, recap or show notes that if you listen to a podcast, you're one of those person who likes to travel and is listening to podcasts while you're traveling. Um, it's a great one. Like, oh, I really love this topic. I want to save this one and, and revisit it as kind of a recap on the blog post because it's more of a summarized and a quick, easier to listen versus having to listen to the whole episode. So if they go to your website, they can find either one, right? The Exactly. Okay. Yep. Taxsavingspodcast.com. Well, our podcast is there and any podcasting platforms. 
And then the learning center is all of our blog posts related to the podcast episodes. You can read, you can listen to the podcast or read what was on the podcast. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. How, how do you promote your podcast? How do you get it out there? Hundred percent organic. Um, it was very weird. You know, all of our growth up to date in the podcast has been organic. I, I assume it's just maybe because of the name, Small Business Tax Savings Podcast. It's very searchable. It's not. It's not people are, if they're looking for tax savings. That one's going to pop up on there, uh, but we've never done any like uh, paid promotion or anything like that. All of it's just been organic. Outstanding. Well, listen, Mike, you are awesome. And thank you so much for being a guest on my show. Is there one last thing that you want to say to our listeners or our viewers who are soaking this up about tax savings? Yeah, Jerry, I just want to say thanks for thanks for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. And and again, I hope that there's just one thing that people walk away from. It's just this idea of, hey, tax savings are not just for the rich. Whether you're making $5,000 a year or a million dollars or more a year, there's tax saving strategies that are available to you. And again, this concept of after-tax versus pre-tax dollars. Anytime you're swiping your card, whether it's a business card or personal card, think of, is there a business purpose for this? Can I make this a business expense? If so, let's run it through the business, move after-tax dollars into pre-tax dollars. All right, everyone. I love how this guy thinks. You heard him. Tax savings is not just for the rich. That's a great way to end our show. Listen, my friend, you're awesome. And thanks again for being on the show. And for those of you, this is Jerry Foster, the big branding guy, also known as the Brandon Evangelist, signing off. Take care. Jerry Foster here. Thank you so much for listening to my Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. Now, if you, if you are a successful service-based entrepreneur yourself and you've got amazing expertise, I mean services, skills, talents, and abilities that you offer through your company or yourself, and you've been in business for five, 10 years or more, and you would like to be a guest on this program, I would love to have you. Simply visit jerryfosterbranding.com forward slash brandforwardleadership forward slash apply, and I will certainly check you out and get to know you and so on and so forth. Now, let me just add a couple of other things. Number one, if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media for me? And if so, just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your socials, okay? And number two, if you know someone that you feel would be a great guest, someone that I should meet and connect with and so on and so forth, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag BrandFordLeadership because I love seeing your posts. I love guest suggestions. That's how we all grow. That's how we all connect and make it through this world, which are through our relationships and our connections. And lastly, let me throw this in. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. I'm always on the lookout for not only great guests, but great content. And so therefore, because we're always putting great new stuff out, juicy stuff, make sure you don't miss any episodes in the future. So please go ahead and subscribe. And I also love what I love support i love love <laughs> so your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team so if you can find it in your heart to go ahead and show me that kind of support and love i would really appreciate it 
And on a second note, if you would like to know more about me, the work that I do, simply go to my website at jerryfosterbranding.com or follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook at Jerry Foster Branding or Instagram at Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Okay? Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Again, thanks for listening. Until we see you the next time, take care.